inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio Network. My name is Walker Wildman. I'm your host for The Core today. Good to be with you on the program. We are live streaming the video and the audio. Of course, you can get get the video with the audio. What good is video without audio, right? That's a no-brainer. Over at streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. Go ahead and create you a free account. Many of you, nearly 40,000 of you, already have a free account. So you can just uh, log in there at streaming.afa.net and watch AFA at the Core Live. And, of course, we do uh, archive the the show there. So you can watch past episodes of the Core uh, there on our video streaming platform. And we have uh, tons of other content uh, for you to check out as well. And about every month or so, we upload a new uh, a new documentary, or, or not a new documentary, but a new um, cultural institute or another type of product or video or series uh, that um, has to do with equipping the body of Christ. So be sure to check out our streaming platform on occasion, streaming.afa.net. Uh, we are going to have on with us in the last segment, Judge Phil Ginn. He's been with us before. He's president of Southern Evangelical Seminary, SES. Uh, he's the president over there. And uh, he's going to be on to talk about, you know, what what is the, the, the state of the church in America? What's the state of American culture? Uh, what it, are, are the moves forward for the body of Christ, for people who want to be salt and light? Uh, what, what, what can we do uh, different? What can we do better? to uh, restore America uh, to, uh, to some of her very basic ideals that helped uh, form America and really make America what she is today or what she has been in the past. So we'll talk with Judge Phil again about that from SES. He's a president over there at SES. Uh, we will take your calls in the second segment. We'll take your calls in the second segment of the show today. So here in just about 13 minutes, we'll take your calls 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840 is the number to call in, 888-589-8840. And what I want us to discuss, it helps if I kind of give you some direction here, but what I want us to discuss and I want your feedback on is what, what um, in your opinion, needs to be done both spiritually and practically, and those two things can go together, uh, for for America uh, to see a spiritual awakening, for America to see a spiritual renewal, and to embrace God's plan for his people, what, what, what does the church in America, what does the body of Christ need to do in this can involve politics. It can involve, you know, who's president. It can involve churches. It can involve business owners. I mean, uh, there's a lot that goes into what makes up a society, what makes up a culture, and the and the values that a culture holds. 
Uh, so I want to hear your kind of where you see uh, America today um, uh, from a cultural standpoint, from a biblical standpoint. Where are we? Where do you think we're headed? Do you see, are you seeing hope out there for renewal, for spiritual awakening? Um, what's uh, what's your, your prediction, if you will, of where America is headed in the years to come? Uh, we'll, we'll take your calls on that. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We are in Psalm chapter 49 this week. And I want to read uh, the, the last, uh, I don't know, four or five verses. David says, Be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though while he lives, he counts himself blessed, and though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers, who will never again see Light, man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like a beast that perishes. So David is is making it abundantly clear here that, number one, um, your riches, your, your, your physical riches, do not follow you into eternity. Your material riches do not follow you into eternity. That's what David says here. But the other thing I want to point out that I actually didn't point out on Monday is you notice David says that this man's soul will go to the generation of his fathers. And so you take that and and, and you see that the man that David is talking about, the rich man or the man who became rich, he apparently had his father and grandfather and previous generations um, had a had a sin problem, had a problem with rejecting God, turning their back from God, because it says in the latter part of verse nineteen that who will never see light again, who will never see again see light. Um, so there's an indication that. Previous generations had wondered. Previous generations had rejected God, and this a man that had become rich is also turning his back on God, and he won't see light, just like his previous generations didn't see light. Uh, so generational impact is important, and, and what kind of legacy and impact we leave on our children and grandchildren is also of eternal significance. Well, moving into some of the topics I want to talk about this segment, the uh, U.S. Senate passed the uh, what I'm calling and others are calling the Disrespect for Marriage Act yesterday. And this, this bill was circulating before the election, and then they, they passed it yesterday. The U.S. Senate did. Um, and what this, what this legislation does, just to, just to keep things simple here, is the, the, the Disrespect for Marriage Act, which they're calling— uh, the, the liberals and the the Republicans that helped pass this thing, which they're liberals too, um, they, they called it the Respect for Marriage Act. And basically what it does is it, it forces through federal law, it codifies the fact that states have to adopt and, and recognize and embrace legally 
other states' marriage laws. All right. So if Mississippi's got a, a law in the books defining marriage, what marriage is, California's got a completely definition of marriage, completely different law in the books on what is marriage, who can get married, et cetera, et cetera. Mississippi then has to adopt uh, uh, California's laws. So, so much for states' rights, you know, so much for the 10th Amendment. And so that's the first thing it does. The second thing it does, so so it undermines states that do have good laws on the books um, that that affirm God's design for, for marriage and family. But the second thing it does, probably the most damaging, because the first thing is kind of redundant in the sense that the Supreme Court already did that with Obergefell. All right, the Supreme Court already did that. Now, now Congress coming back and doing it again is, is doubly bad. Why? Because not only now do we have to repeal or overturn a Supreme Court precedent, which can be done, but it's very difficult. Now we got to go back and repeal a federal law. So so the so the the God haters and the secularists secularists are adding and they're intentionally adding multiple steps for those of us who love God's design for marriage and want to restore it. They're making it harder for us to do that from a legal standpoint. All right. The second thing it does, probably the most damaging, or, or, or not, not, not probably, but definitely the most damaging, is this this legislation. It 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 enables or equips uh, the private sector to 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 launch litigation and lawsuits and civil suits against people that don't agree with their definition and worldview on marriage. So so we thought Obergefell opened the doors to Christian business owners and churches and nonprofit organizations that are faith-based. We thought that opened the door to persecution. That has nothing on this. This weaponizes uh the the law and and lawsuit realm of society against people of faith. It also equips federal bureaucratic agencies to go after uh, uh, Christian universities, Christian schools, Christian nonprofit organizations, churches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It enables them, equips them to target you and me because of our religious beliefs and because of our views on marriage and family. Uh, so, very, very dangerous bill. And I would tell you that, yeah, yeah, this was a bunch of crazy Democrats. They passed this. No, no, it was a bunch of crazy Republicans that passed this. Twelve of them, as a matter of fact. Twelve U.S. senators that call themselves Republicans. They have the little R by their name. They run on the party platform. They talk all conservative during election season. They take money from the Republican Party, like mine and your money, anybody who donates to the RNC. Yeah, they take that money for campaign contributions. They voted with the rest of the Democrats to gut God's design for marriage and family and completely undermine God's design for marriage and family and furthermore, equip the government and private sector to target, litigate against Christians for their worldview. That's what these twelve. Um, that's what these twelve GOP senators um, uh, did, and uh, we've got an article up on uh, American Family News AFN.net. We'll drop that on the podcast page at AFR.net. But we uh, we uh, 
delve into this pretty um, pretty in depth. And um, here are the 12 Republican senators who voted in favor of this garbage bill, this immoral bill um, that is is a travesty and it is the farthest thing from the truth. Uh, Roy Blunt out of Missouri, Richard Burr, North Carolina, Shelley Moore Capito, West Virginia, Susan Collins out of Maine, Joni Ernst out of Iowa voted for this garbage bill. Cynthia Loomis, Wyoming, Lisa Murkowski, no surprise there, heavy Democrat funding for her campaign, by the way. Uh, Mitch McConnell, heavily funded Murkowski's campaign, completely blacklisted the conservative U.S. Senate candidate there in Alaska. Complete shame. Robert Portman, Ohio. Mitt Romney, Utah, absolutely no surprise there. Dan Sullivan, Alaska. Tom Tillis, conservative state of North Carolina. Tom Tillis, undermining God's design for marriage and family. Todd Young, Indiana. You know, as much as I want to talk about or continue talking about the damage that is going to be done, will be done to believers in America through this litigation, through this law being passed, I'm really sad for these U.S. senators that are one day going to stand before God in judgment. I think that's the elephant in the room if there is one. Can you imagine standing before a holy, mighty, magnificent, all-powerful judge? God himself, the one whose idea formed marriage? And when questioned about your life and what you did on this earth, One of the most glaring parts of your resume is the fact that you thumbed your nose at God and equipped the government and the private sector to go after and attack and and, and demonize the remnant, the body of Christ. Can you imagine standing before God on Judgment Day Raising your hand saying, yes, I thumb my nose at you, God. Wouldn't want to be there, but we're all going to be there one day. AFA at the core, be back in a few. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Acts 17.26 conveys to us the reality that we were born and placed in the 21st century by God's specific design. He determined before time where we would live and when we would live there. If you're in Minnesota, Mississippi, or Maine, God put you there on purpose. He's not surprised by the darkness we see around us, nor is he caught off guard by it. In fact, he specifically prepared for it by making sure you're alive right now. God can do whatever he wants, but he's chosen to use you and me as ambassadors of his kingdom. We are his torches to light up the darkness. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. In Mark 12, 31, Jesus tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. As you prepare delicious treats, mail holiday greetings, and cross off your shopping list, consider how you can serve those living right next door. When we serve, we teach our girls the importance of service. It is through our actions that the value of volunteering is learned. Ask your girl to write a list of 25 ways she can serve a neighbor this year and create a paper chain. Starting December 1st, complete an act of service each day, like shoveling a driveway, delivering cookies and cocoa, or wrapping gifts. Together we can celebrate the birth of our Savior, knowing the next generation is answering the call to be His hands and feet. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. In this new world, on this new day, we rejoice that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Preborn has been preparing for this moment for the past 16 years by positioning their clinics in the top six abortion states where 50% of abortions occur. Sadly, five of these six states will continue to abort babies at an even greater level. And since the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of abortions, babies are even more at risk. Preborn pregnancy clinics are completely dependent on you as they offer life-saving ultrasounds and the life-saving gospel to moms and babies in crisis. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
Welcome back to the core. That's uh, Phil Wickham, <clears throat> Star of Wonder. That's the Christmas song there from Phil Wickham. Um, Star of Wonder is the name of that worship song there. We're in the Christmas season celebrating the birth of our Savior and our Redeemer, <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, we are taking your calls this segment, 888-589-8840. We got the call lines open, 888 589 Eight eight four zero. That's the number to call in, and I want to hear what you have to say about what we discussed in the first segment and the the status of America from a spiritual and a biblical standpoint. How you see things, what the future might hold, and uh, what the church can do to continue to be salt and light and and make some headway in a very dark dark culture. And if you want to comment on the legislation I talked about uh, in the U.S. Senate, feel free to that what I'm calling Disrespect for Marriage Act, absolutely terrible legislation. Twelve Republican senators uh, thumbed their nose at God, signed on with the God-haters, and passed that legislation uh, that will be used to target believers um, around this country and will f- continue, uh, will be used as well uh, to bring about judgment on, on America. No doubt about that whatsoever. 888-589-8840, We'll jump over to uh, Jerry in the uh, Lone Star State. Hey, uh, Jerry, what's on your mind? So two things. First, I don't worship at the altar of the RNC, so they get absolutely zero amount of my money. I, I donate directly to campaigns that I feel God has given me a discernment to donate to. So luckily, that doesn't ever happen for the RNC for me. Two is, if every time they interview a new justice to sit on the Supreme Court, Congress always asks, how do you feel about abortion? Or, as I like to say, baby murder, because we need to not use their definitions. Or how do you feel about same-sex unions? They always say, well, it's settled law. It's settled law. So we as conservative, Christian conservatives, because there's a difference between conservative and Christian conservative, we need to realize that we need people in the fight that can say, well— if the Supreme Court's opinions aren't set a law and Congress feels so scared that they have to pass this law because Supreme Court settled law isn't actually settled law. It's just an opinion. Maybe we need to come at this from a different angle on the fight. And then the thing to help it make us all understand what it is, is it go, I go back to Joshua where God says, be strong and of good courage. He's mm-hmm. going to win the fight. And as Jan Markell says on her show, we're not a nation in the end times. America is not guaranteed to be one of those nations during the tribulation. I'm going to go and just listen to what you had to say, brother, but those are my things. Yeah, no, very good points there, Jerry. I'll let you go and uh, listen over the air. Well, uh, first first uh, response, I'm proud of you for not giving to the RNC. Very proud of you. I've, I've said on the show a couple of times over the years, don't give money to these to these conventions and these committees and all these people that you don't even know who they are or what they believe uh, give money directly to the candidates. And uh, I'm like you. I don't give money to these national conventions. Don't give money to the RNC, DNC, all these different acronyms. Don't give money to any of them. I give them directly to the candidate. Go directly to the candidate's website. Donate directly to the candidate. We've really got to defund these national uh, committees, these national conventions, um, and, uh, and, and, and campaign and give money to the candidates themselves. Uh, those are the people you can vouch for. Those are the people you hopefully know you can trust, or at least you know they believe in what you believe in and will fight for your values. So uh, kudos on that. And uh, uh, completely agree with you on your on your other 
uh, other points um, and where we are in America today. So appreciate the call there, Jerry. Very good points there. Agree with you 100%. Um, and, and, and on the last thing you said about the Supreme Court justices, or one of the last things you said, you know, th- these, these, uh, nom- these judicial nominees that try to do hula hoops over the precedent question, oh, yeah, yeah, I respect precedent. Oh, I won't dare overturn precedent. That's a terrible answer. Like, here's what you need to say. And they make it way convoluted, and they do the word dancing and the word salad, and it, none of it actually makes sense. And they try to sound all sophisticated, and I went to Harvard, and I know all the language and the lingo. No, 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 no. Just say this. I believe in the Constitution. I believe in our founding fathers and their original intent for the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights. And I will interpret laws that come before me according to the founding fathers and their original intent of, intent of the U.S. Constitution. That's all you got to say. And, and, if, and if, a, if a prior Supreme Court ruling is in conflict with the U.S. Constitution and our founding fathers' original intent, well, that thing is going to get overturned. We're going to flip that precedent uh, like we're flipping pancakes. And if we flip precedent every year, so what? That's fine. Uh, the Supreme Court is all about overturning precedent. They do it. I'm not going to say they do it all the time. They do it pretty often. If not every session, probably every few years, they're overturning a previous Supreme Court precedent. All right, so this idea of super precedent and, oh, no, no, we can't overturn that, bunch of garbage. That's all meant to shield shield terrible rulings and terrible laws and make it like they're un, untouchable, they're nuclear, we can't do that, completely not true. You can overturn uh, court orders, you can overturn laws, you can do it as much as you want to do it. Um, and that doesn't mean it's wrong or doesn't mean it's right necessarily. Um, let's talk to, uh, CJ in Louisiana. Hey, CJ, what's on your mind there? Hello, Walker. How are you? Hey, doing pretty well. Thanks for calling into the show. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad that I got, got on this time because I've called several times, but I haven't been able to get on. And I feel that what I have, have to say here is from, from the word of God. And it's very important to our times, to, the, to my sisters and brothers in Christ and to those who are working for the devil. And I'm coming from Isaiah chapter 45, and this is out of the NASB Bible. I'm starting with verse 18, and it says this. It says, for this is what the Lord says. He who created the heavens, he is the God that formed the earth and made it. He established it and did not create it as a waste place, but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord. And there is no one else. I have not spoken in a secret place. In a dark land, I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in a wasteland. I, the Lord, speak righteousness, declaring things that are right. Gather yourselves and come. Come together, you survivors of the nation. They have no knowledge who carry around their wooden idols. And pray to a God that cannot save. Declare and present your case. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced this long ago? Who has long since declared it? Is it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God beside me. A righteous God and a Savior. 
and there is none except me. Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, CJ. Hey, God bless you. Thank you for the scripture there. Uh, CJ called in. And uh, what better way to turn our attention uh, to the scriptures mid-show? That's uh, Isaiah 45 that CJ was reading there. Uh, She began in uh, Isaiah 45, verse 18, and read down towards the end there, uh, towards 23 um, or 22. Thanks so much, CJ. We'll let you go. Appreciate you calling in. And um, absolutely, much of what we're seeing today was was prophesied, was discussed, was outlined in Scripture uh, when it comes to man turning its back on God. Thanks for that call. Thanks for reading Isaiah 45. Carolyn's over in Texas. And uh, Carolyn, what's on your mind? Uh, yes, I have a question and a comment. Uh, does the Marriage Equality Act mean, does that mean that a pastor has to marry a, a same-sex couples? Yeah, very very good question there, um, Carolyn. And that uh, legislation that passed yesterday and that's headed over to the House of Representatives, it is called, uh, the name of it is the Respect for Marriage Act. Now, to your point, there is a, a bill that's been out there for several years called the Equality Act, which is not the Equality Act, but that's what they call it. Uh, but this bill yesterday was called the Respect for Marriage Act. And, and and while I don't believe it speaks to a pastor being forced to uh, marry a, a same-sex couple or, or participate in that ceremony, the legislation definitively does, or definitely does, uh, equip individuals and the government to sue uh, that pastor, all right? It does, it does open that door. Uh, but this, as as is always, a lot of this legislation is very convoluted, lengthy, written by way too many lawyers. Um, so, so we'll have to see kind of the ramifications as this plays out and what all it does. But it's definitely not not good news for churches, for pastors, and for groups like AFA. I can say that uh, with confidence. Uh, Carolyn, do you, do you have one other comment or, or another question? Yes, yes, sir, about the spiritual condition of America that you was asking people to comment on. I don't think any of us, brother, from the pulpit to the pew, really keep that scripture 100%, and that's why we're in the condition that we're in. Mm-hmm. Good point there, Carolyn. Appreciate appreciate the call and appreciate the admonition there. Um, <clears throat> we'll go down to... Um, let's talk to, let's go to Michael in Florida. Um, uh, Michael in Florida, welcome to AFA at the core. Hey, love AFA, love your show. Thanks for all you, all of y'all for what y'all do. Anyways. Hey, hey real, real quick, Michael, where are you listening from? What city? Um, I'm basically in Clearwater, Pinellas County. Okay, great. I'm just checking cause we don't have a lot of stations there, but glad you're listening to the core. Great. Well, uh, my question is, we have a great governor here. I mean, he's tearing it up. And uh, thank God we didn't get the other loser that, you know, he ran against. We would have been in deep manure. What my question is, is if DeSantis did run for president and hypothetically, let's say he won, what would happen to the governorship then? Because he would obviously have to be president. He can't have two offices at the same time. What would happen to the state of Florida 
in, as far as the governorship goes, should he run and win? Yeah, yeah. Uh, appreciate good question there, Michael. And uh, I, I'll let you go, and um, and we'll uh, I'll answer this over over the air. But uh, what what will most likely happen? And I, I haven't studied Florida state law, but how it is in in the majority, if not all of the states, um, there would if a governor. Uh, resigns, steps down, retires, whatever you want to call it, but uh, refuses to continue serving the full term, uh, there would most likely probably be a special session, or not a special session, a special election, all right? A special election um, where uh, a new governor will be elected before the current term is up. And in the interim, there's probably some protocol in place for someone uh, below the governor in, in, in government to step up and serve as an interim, basically, um, that's not really a good word for this, but an interim governor um, are, are, uh, to to serve in that capacity. But, um, yeah, that's what would happen. But as far as, like, that's the process. But politically, what would happen, very good question. I mean, uh, the good thing about Florida is it, it's pretty pretty deep red now. And you would ask me this, like, six years ago, I would have said Florida's a battleground, it's a blue state, or a purple state, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but now... The uh, Florida's pretty deep red. I mean, I mean, DeSantis won Florida uh, with ease. All right, with ease. So if you've got good candidates and you've got people with strong convictions, which is kind of hard to come by, like the governor, uh, you should be able to hold Florida, keep it conservative, have sane policies enacted there, as you have been the last few years. Uh, so I don't. I'm not really concerned about Florida. Actually, the Democrats have basically given up on Florida. Look where they're putting their money. They're putting their money in Texas. They're putting their money in uh, North Carolina, Georgia, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in. AFA at the core. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net. And sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. A charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation is an excellent way to provide yourself with guaranteed permanent income while at the same time supporting the American Family Association. Here's what one supporter told us. I very much want to see God's Word continue into the next generation. This is a way I can help AFA spread the truth and promote their biblical stand. My experience with the AFA Foundation continues to remind me 
that I have a small part in helping AFA in the battle for our nation's values. Financial planning is essential to your family. A charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation is one way you can support AFA and the health of our nation. The planners at the AFA Foundation are here to help you do the most with your finances. You can call us at 800-326-4543, extension 345, find us on Facebook, or email foundation at afa.net and learn whether a charitable gift annuity is right for you. This is Bible League International, urging you to support our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Pastor Roos's three children were kidnapped and murdered by a terrorist cell that hates Christians. Instead of retaliating, the church shared the gospel with neighboring villages, and would you know it, 200 have come to Christ. Some of those affiliated with that terrorist cells, they're praying for Bibles. And elsewhere, Ephraim's store was destroyed in Cairo, Egypt, by radicals opposing the Christian tribe that he displayed on the counter of his convenience store. He has no money to rebuild, but he has shared the gospel with those who persecuted him, inviting them to Bible studies in his home, and over a hundred have come to Christ in the Middle East. They're praying for Bibles. Our goal is to bless 16,000 Bibleist persecuted believers with their very own copy of God's Word. We're a third of the way there, so at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20 in this season of giving, would you pray about it and then call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or give it Send Bible now.org. Send BiblesNow.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the last segment of the Core. We've had a pretty jam-packed show. You know, not a lot of wasted time. Not a lot of wasted airtime, which is a good thing. Uh, packed in several calls last segment. We're going to get to two more before we go to our guest. Um, Real quick, uh, we've had some waiting for for a little while now, so we're going to go to uh, Hal in North Carolina. Hey, Hal, uh, you got about one minute. What's on your mind? I can do it quick. Great show, Walker. Met you when you came to our county a few uh, months back. Appreciate you. Maybe it might have been last year, but I'm not sure. Uh, The North Carolina Republican Party has a platform, and they vote on it every year, and just a few years ago, Uh, We confirmed in our North Carolina Republican Party platform that marriage is between a man and a woman. So, therefore, Burr and Tillis from North Carolina, there's word going around about the possible censure of them Mm. in North Carolina. And I think it should happen. It's not going to mean anything. However, it will make a statement moving forward for other Republicans who get elected that we're not going to stand for it. And I think, uh, obviously, it's a battle. So uh, I just wanted to mention that, as I didn't know if other states do the same. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea, Hal. 100% in favor of that. Hey, Hal, if Amen. you want if you want me to, like, uh, write a letter to your to your group there in North Carolina or, 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 or speak or do a call with them, 100%, I'll be glad to do that. Or if, or if maybe you want to... Uh, get up to speed a little more on this as it progresses and come back on the show and, and update us on it. I would love to see those two senators censured in uh, North Carolina and every other lousy Republican uh, that thumbed their nose at God. So uh, appreciate the call, Hal. Hey, I'm going to put you on hold, Hal, and we'll get make sure we got your number and maybe a good email to reach you at and, uh, so we can stay in touch on what's going on there in North Carolina. Uh, last call for the day, and then we'll get to our special guest, Mike in Michigan. Uh, Mike, uh, uh, what's on your mind there in Michigan? Uh, good afternoon, Walker. It's a privilege to be uh, on your show. I really appreciate it. You know, I just want to say, I heard you say earlier, um, or we were talking about 
we got discouragement up here in Michigan in regard to our governor and our attorney general and our secretary of state for the next four years. Um, we really hope to have, uh, you know, a big wave like we talked about, but we didn't see that. So it was pretty discouraging. Um, I have a hard time even considering supporting the Republican Party at this time. And I, I like what you said earlier about supporting individual candidates. That's about all I have to say right now. Yeah, Mike, I definitely understand your uh, your disappointment and, and oftentimes frustration um, at where, where we are in America with, with the the party structure and then the, the one party that has some decent ideals and many good ideals on paper, um, they hardly fight for what they believe in. They, 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 they stab Christians in the back metaphorically. Um, and, uh, and they're just not strong on the issues. Uh, I completely agree with the frustration and, uh, to, to, to your point and, and the point of other callers, let's just ditch this whole Republican idea thing and let's, uh, let's be independents and let's support and vote for people who share our values to the best uh, that we can. I think that is our practical uh, step forward um, here in, in America. Well, I do want to introduce our next guest. Uh, we do have on, on the line with us Judge Phil Ginn. He's president of Southern Evangelical Seminary, been a guest of the Corps before. Uh, Judge, thanks so much for coming on the show. Walker, it's always great to be with you. Hope you guys are doing well and had a good Thanksgiving. Yes, absolutely, and uh, very good Thanksgiving. And it's it's um, you know uh, one note on that, uh, Judge, is how often we sometimes forget that the Thanksgiving holiday is deeply rooted in uh, Christian tradition and uh, giving thanks to God. So that's uh, something our listeners ought to be reminded of. Hey, uh, Judge, you wrote recently, and sorry, go ahead. I said I agree wholeheartedly, Walker. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Judge, you've been kind of um, uh, keeping up apparently, uh, clearly with the uh, status of the church in America, where where we are spiritually over at the Southern Evangelical Seminary. Of course, you guys are trying to pump out uh, godly leaders, pastors, ministers uh, year after year at the seminary there. Uh, but but you say, and you've said in, in recently, we're kind of at this precipice. We're at this divide. America's starkly divided uh, ideologically, which really roots down to we're divided spiritually. Um, what's the path forward? I mean, what 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 do we have on the horizon uh, from a Christian standpoint? Well, I would even go further and say, within Christianity or the wide umbrella of Christianity, there's a great divide even within that, uh, and it basically boils down to those of us who uh, who have a a biblical worldview and and cling to uh, the the quality of the scriptures as being inerrant and infallible versus those who don't. Uh, and it's uh, it's becoming more and more uh, apparent that even in the church in America, we're moving toward the place where there will be certain kinds of churches who are acceptable and other kinds of churches who won't be acceptable. Certainly with the, uh, with the Marriage uh, Act, if you want to call it that, uh, Marriage Equality Act that just passed, it, it has really put a target on the back of... Uh, Entities like Southern Evangelical, we we fight the battle daily, even with our own government, who uh, are labeling us as uh, as folks who have hate speech in, in our mouths because we have a biblical worldview, and and I think that is really the dividing point. Mm. So I think the question for your listeners and for Christians all across, true Christians all across the uh, the land. In fact, I. I'm, I'm actually trying to think about leaving that uh, terminology to s- aside and call us Christ followers. 
yeah. um, as opposed to Christians, because that, that terminology is kind of like the rainbow. It's been usurped by those who uh, um, are, are make-believers, potentially. But mm. uh, at any rate, I think that we have to be steadfast in, in what we believe and, and staunch in what we believe and, uh, and stand in the gap for our nation, uh, both with prayer and, and by speaking up and, and having our voices heard. Uh, and I think when we do that, it's going to bring some persecution our way. And that, quite honestly, may not get better. It may get worse from here, to be honest with you. Mm. No, I, 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 just, I, I don't disagree. Um, the, the rhetoric and the spirit of the age, as some call it, is, is, is very, very hostile uh, to the secular mindset and uh, uh, the workers of darkness, if you will. Is, it, they're very hostile towards Christianity, uh, very, very uh, unlike any other uh, religion, of course, all of them false. Um, you don't see the, this type of animosity, viciousness, and and really unanimous uh, uh, attack on on people of faith other than the Christian community um, uh, here in America and abroad. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do believe you're right that things are going to continue to become difficult and more difficult uh, in the years ahead as the the march against those who are genuine Bible believing Christians, born again Christians, possessing the Holy Spirit. As, as we continue to stand, uh, the attacks are only going to continue, um, and, and that's why it's so important that we have backbone, that we have courage. And, uh, Judge, one thing that I think uh, Christians in all facets of life need to be prepared for is the cost. I mean, we have to come to the realization that uh, comfortable Christianity if it ever was a thing, it's definitely not a thing now. And and that may not be a bad thing uh, in, in some result. Uh, I don't know that Christianity was ever intended to flourish within a comfortable uh, position within society. I would agree with that. If you look back see the true growth of Christianity, it was in periods of stress. Mm. Uh, it, for example, when the Iron Curtain fell, uh, we found that, that true faith was was even greater in uh, those uh, Iron Curtain countries than it was in Western Europe. Uh, it had thrived uh, under persecution. And so I think that uh, it's occurring. We're, we're doing this, some things at Southern Evangelical Seminary. We have, we've linked up with folks who, uh, who are doing evangelism training, uh, even with uh, folks who are in special ops uh, within our forces, armed forces. And we're, we're doing training right now through SES and, and our uh, partners to actually teach people how to uh, proclaim the gospel while they're being tortured. Uh, mm. And I think that's why we, what we need to prepare for. It's, it's not just in third world countries. It's not in communist countries. It's coming to a street near you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we don't know, of course, Judge, we don't know. Uh, we don't know the full mind and the full plan of God because we're, we're, we're man. We're not all knowing. We do have the Holy Spirit to aid us as believers, um, but ultimately, God is all knowledgeable. He knows his plan. He knows what he has for us, and he knows what he has for various nations throughout human history. Uh, but, uh, Judge, give our give our audience one final exhortation of, of what they need to do, what they need to focus on, regardless of the outcome, regardless of their circumstance moving forward. 
Well, one of the things I think that folks really need to do is to come to terms with their own faith. And that's one of the things that we're so uh, passionate about here at SES. And and I think, uh, Walker, that we're uh, combining our forces potentially with uh, AFA, and and we've produced a a series of lessons for folks who uh, can learn more about how to defend their faith and stand up for the truth, stand steadfast in the truth, and penetrate our culture with the gospel uh, in a small group setting. And I'm so excited about that. And and on top of that, those who who might just want a taste of the seminary uh, and what they might learn in a seminary course can do a few extra things and actually get credit for um, a graduate or undergraduate level uh, seminary course by uh, doing a few extra things with the study. And the good news is, between us and you, it's free for any church that wants it. So I urge people to do things like that or to uh, get involved with a church who is a Bible-believing church who uh, is quite able to uh, provide answers to uh, the questions that our culture raises, and our culture raises some good questions. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, we need to be able to answer those questions, and the Bible makes good sense. That's one of the things that I learned here at SES is that Actually, the Bible really does make good sense in what it teaches. And so I, I just would urge people to, to get in touch with their faith, uh, to draw closer to the Lord, and to certainly be in prayer about all of this. Uh, SES is here. Uh, we, we're more than happy to help in any way we can for people to learn, how, uh, learn about the gospel and learn how to defend their faith. Absolutely. Uh, we all are now, uh, we all need to be evangelists. We all need to be disciples. We all need to disciple others and uh, and do all we can to be soldiers for Christ. Hey, uh, Judge Phil Gann, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, the URL for your your uh, 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 Southern Evangelical is ses.edu. Do I have that right? You've got it right, and, and we've got a new website up and running, and uh uh, we've got, in my opinion, the best education at the cheapest price anywhere around. And we've got lots of certificates, by the way, of folks who don't need uh, another degree but would learn, would like to learn more about uh, defending their faith. Uh, it's a good place to come and check it out. Absolutely. Uh, thanks so much, Judge, for coming on sds.edu. We'll chat again sometime soon. Well, Walker, always my pleasure, sir. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Judge Phil Gann, there, president of Southern Evangelical Seminary. And uh, boy, do we need uh, seminaries like that, headed up by people like uh, Judge Ginn. Uh, We've got to have uh, uh, groups like that, entities like that, continuing to bring up uh, uh, the next leaders in America's church and around the world, the next evangelists, disciple makers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, SES.edu is their link. SES.edu is their link. URL. And um, as I say pretty often, but can't say enough, the calling for the believer doesn't change. The overall calling for the believer doesn't change. Now, now our situation might change. Uh, what we, what our occupation is might change. Where we live might change. Different trials we go through may vary. Um, everyone's situation is different. But the calling, what makes the Bible a very, as the judge said, practical, simple to understand, is the calling for the believer, it doesn't change. It doesn't go this way and that way and hard to follow. 
We are called to live obedient lives to Jesus Christ, be embracive and and equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit, and be salt and light and share the good news of Jesus Christ and, and the Word of God with everyone we interact with and with every different sphere of influence uh, that we have. That mandate, that calling, that applies to any and everyone who professes the name of Christ. And, 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 and whether you're in deep persecution or whether you're uh, flourishing spiritually and from a, from a, uh, a, a material and humanly standpoint, whether you're flourishing or in deep persecution, the calling remains uh, the same. So I think that really should give us as believers confidence. It should give us security, if you will, that our calling, our mandate, our significance in God's kingdom is not flowing with cultures, isn't flowing with kingdoms, isn't changing with who's the president. The calling of the believer stays the same. So just as Satan continues and persistently goes after the remnant, as believers, as the remnant, we have to be persistent and continually live in obedience to the Word of God. That's our mandate. We've got to keep it up. No wavering, no drift. we got to stay the course. Talk to you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.